Hey, what's up? This is Ranting with Randy. I'm Randy, and this is a podcast about anything and everything that can drive a sane person stark, raving mad. It could be about news, sports, weather, music, the bus, the train, crackheads, giant umbrellas in the rain, and it's going to be about what else? The coronavirus, but but New York City staying in New York City. We're going to keep the New York City mentality. We're going to keep it focused right here for right now, and who better to do that with from afar via phone than Lincoln Mitchell. So we are physically distancing. We are not calling it social distancing because neither of us will leave the house as we are trying to do our part to sit the fuck home, stay inside, and flatten this fucking curve so less people have to get sick and less people could potentially die. And also... We know people that are on the front fucking lines, putting their lives on the line, doctors, nurses, uh, home health care workers, health care workers that are that are working, taking care of people without the necessary protective equipment. So I I will tweet out a link that you can sign and send an email for a petition to get front line these heroes of health care, the protective gear that they need, because if we don't do it, nobody else will. And. It's as easy as filling out a form online and clicking send. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay any money. All you have to do is fill out the few fucking fields on the form, hit the send button, and you've actually done something to help the people that are actually fighting for everybody else's life, including their own and the lives of their families. Because let's be clear, a lot of these people are afraid to go home to their families and they are now quarantining themselves in hotels like the Four Seasons who have opened up their doors to let doctors and nurses Uh, When they're off shift and not working 75 extra fucking shifts wearing plastic garbage bags and reusing the same N95 mask because they don't have anything else, they've given them a place to lay their head for a few hours and rest and stay away from everybody and then physically distance themselves so that they can go back to work and work another 75 fucking shifts. Because you need to stay your ass home and not go out for that cup of coffee and not go out for that fucking donut and you don't need to order that fucking hamburger and go drive there or pick it up or walk there and pick it up and have somebody hand it to you through a fucking door. Stay the fuck home and basically that's what we get into. However, it's Lincoln, so he is somewhat more eloquent and and has a lot of feelings about what's going on and so you'll hear me in two more minutes or less because as soon as I click the stop button... That will start, and so just please be smart and do your part, and here's the podcast with Lincoln about the state of the state of New York City as we deal with this coronavirus fucking shit. All right, Lincoln, we've heard from uh, Franklin over there on the West Coast, and uh, we have not heard much from you because our dog walking time seemed to uh, not be corresponding as I'm trying to get up there at the assier crack of dawn, and uh, you are running further and further away from people, so... Well, also, Isis has a bad leg, so we're trying to keep her on short walks for a few days. Okay, so... Big success. I'm sorry to hear that, and I hope I hope Isis feels better, but I know that you definitely have some feelings about, about where we are at this particular point with... I'm sure the coronavirus, I'm sure what's going on with the potential election, I'm sure with people's um, political positioning so I'm, I'm gonna shut up and let you uh, let you go for a minute until uh, I can't control myself anymore. Well, I have to say, I just read an article in the uh, CNN online while I was waiting for this call by an analyst, you know, who used to work in the Bush administration. And it was fascinating because it was so, it was so much of getting the case, a case of getting the trees right and the forest wrong. Okay. And, and with this guy, whose name I forgot because it doesn't matter, because, you know, he could be one of 10 million Republicans who are saying the same thing right now, is that looking at what's going on through the lens of trying to explain Trump's, you know, he's getting more popular in the polls. Which I, how the fuck is that happening, well, Lincoln? Well, second, but he explained that, you know, he said a couple things. He said, look, most people have begun to focus on this late. Trump is stumbling through it the way they're stumbling through it. Stumbling? He's lying his motherfucking well, but, ass off but, but, and people but, but, are but dying. That's, but, that's, but that's the point. The point is that there is a tendency among many of the Republican Party, you know, people who are, you know, this guy, you got a nice big home. You're, you know, these are comfortable people who are focusing on this as if it's a fucking game. Yeah. And anybody who has a platform now who isn't saying just how badly not, – it's not even just how badly Trump is as mishandled this, but, but just the way he has used this as an opportunity to really batter what is left of these shredded American institutions and democratic institutions. And I just would point out a couple things. I mean 
the game Trump is playing now is essentially and this is the game the Republicans always play. We're going to say the popular but but really wrong and dangerous thing, right? So, which is gonna, which is which in this case is lift the lift the social distancing by Easter, right? It's in batshit crazy, but go ahead. Right, but it's popular. People, yeah, that's great. We'll be done. You know, and and we know that that. First of all, Trump has no ability to do it because who's imposed that? The, the Democratic governors for the most part and a handful of Republican governors as well, right? But it's a state-level decision. So what happens? He lifts it. Andrew Cuomo, Gavin Newsom, these people all say, no, we're not going to lift it here in our state because it, people would die. Right. So what happens? Trump then says people don't die because they keep it in place. The economy bounces back and Trump says, look, these people overreacted. Not that many people died. Think how strong the economy would be, Right. But what he's not doing here, which is not to be surprised here, is he's not governing. He's not taking responsibility, right? He's not trying to lead. And and the result is is that it just continues to destroy what is left of this country. It the also feeds of, it also feeds his fucking narcissistic god complex because well, now that's I also think why yeah. he's starting with that's why he's starting with this, right? But it also does something else, which is that you know, the the kind of logical flaw in our system, our political system. And, and, and by the way, you know, it's very important. I mean, I'm not going to sound like a, for a moment here, I'm going to sound like I'm teaching political science 101. But when we have elections in this country and, you know, for national office and, you know, the state of Michigan goes Republican. So 15, all 15 electoral votes go to Republican candidate. There's nothing in the Constitution about that. That's not what the Constitution says. So but, but, but because we've now do it this way, what Trump has figured out is he only governs 30 states. The 20 solid blue states, New York, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, California, Oregon, Washington, Hawaii, we could all rattle them off, but are 15, 20, he simply doesn't care about. And for a whole lot of reasons, this pandemic has hit America hardest at first in solid blue states. And unless the solid blue state governors are smart and tough right now, it will spread to the rest of the country. The thing that is saving Kentucky right now to pick one state. Well, actually, Kentucky is a pretty good governor, but, you know, but, but Mississippi, where the oh governor Oh, my God. Oh, my Florida. God. But I would also put Florida in that group and Georgia. Um, the thing that is saving those people is Newsom, Pritzker, Inslee, Whitmer in, uh, in Michigan, Cuomo here in New York, Murphy in New Jersey, and even some of the smarter Republican governors, Charlie Baker in, in Massachusetts, for example. That's what's saving them. Because if Newsom says, oh, fuck, we're done here in California, people will, like, there, this isn't. These aren't separate countries. States, states are states. They're not separate countries yeah. divided by votes. <laughs> but he doesn't even know. Trump doesn't even know that states are not countries. He doesn't know. And I mean, it's if you begin a sentence with Trump doesn't even know. You I know. I, I I shouldn't have gone and, down and, that road. And, but go and, ahead. And what I'm saying is 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 that you know what 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 strikes me is that is that there's either there's at the core level, you know, first principles here. Two ways to look at this crisis, right? Mm-hmm. One, one. There's a disease out there that spreads very quickly through germs that people produce by coughing or perhaps even through breathing or I think definitely even through breathing, touch. And it's very dangerous because it's highly, highly contagious. And it has a mortality rate. And remember, mortality rate is a variable because it depends on – because if you don't give people the hospital, mortality rate goes way up. Also, right? you can't count the people because they're dying so quickly and the test results right. are coming in in a lag. The numbers are going to be completely off anyway, and I'm no math. I'm a fucking tician. But also, also, there are people who may die from this who never get tested. Correct. Get tested. Correct. So, but the point is, so let's say you assume this and say, you know, if we don't do something very <laughs> serious, many, many, potentially millions of people will die, right? Oh. So, therefore, we have to craft a policy to address this, right? Now, now, where you go from there, there are lots of ways, and there's lots of good policies and not very good policies. But, you know, let's start with that as a basic foundation, right? We would all agree on that, right? Okay. I mean, let's say you, by we all, I mean you and I, Yeah. Right? But there's another way of looking at this, which is somewhere out there, there's a problem and some people are getting sick. But between the Chinese, the Democrats and the media, what this is really about is trying to embarrass the president. And that's how 40 percent of the country sees it. Which is mind boggling. It's absolutely fucking mind boggling. What that means is that we now have in America, uh, the, the, the policy debate now is which side of that divide do you fall on? And if you fall on the, the second side, you are a threat to the public health of everybody because Correct. you're denying the science. And 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 I was very, very struck. I was listening. I think I told you that maybe to Rich Lowry, who is – I'm going to use this word loosely – a right-wing intellectual. Oh. And, okay. and he on Friday on Left, Right, and Center, which is actually an excellent podcast, 
was saying how we lift the um, we have to lift the social distancing. Now, Lowry is you know, if you had an original idea in his head, it would die of loneliness. But it's <laughs> useful to listen to him because he's always floating on this podcast next week's right wing talking points, right? So if you want to see the ideas the Republicans will be talking about on Monday or Tuesday, you listen to him on the Friday before. And it's, there's also other panelists who disagree with him. It's not just him ranting, right? Okay. So it's an interesting podcast. Uh, it's out of LA on KCRW. And, and he said he was floating this notion. And what, what was interesting to me was that his logic, and again, I use that word in quotations, you know, not face-to-face, yeah. but his logic loosely understood, was that if we accept the science here, the reality is so potentially dreadful that it requires radical action with which I'm not comfortable. Right. Now, a lot of people could feel that way. So what do you do if you're a rational person? You say, well, I may have to get comfortable with something different, right? Dramatic times call for dramatic measures, whatever you want to say. Where he went very clearly was, therefore, I'm going to deny the science. And once you deny the science to pretend it's not as potentially bad as it is, then, of course, the social distancing ban uh, policies make sense. That's where the Republican Party is now. But the reason for that to come a little bit full circle, and we're going to go full circle. But the reason for that is that they are used to denying the science, right? Because if you spend 20 years, and it's been 20 years now, denying what every scientist tells you is the reality of climate change, then this is just one more inconvenient, to borrow a phrase from Al Gore, scientific fact that they're denying. And of course it comes But you can talk. see, listen, can I just say one thing? And I think maybe people have, it's a problem processing for some people. You, I mean, now you can see the climate, the effects of climate change, the fires, the, the natural right, disasters, right, right. the icebergs melting. But you can literally see scientifically, rising. yes, but now you can see people dying. You can see morgues Randy, being set up Randy, outside hospitals. Is, it's fucking is, nuts. Right now, right now, I mean, forget the numbers, but basically roughly 55% are in a handful of states. I mean, Counties that voted with voted for Trump are not being hit by this yet. Are if they hiding in the fucking coal mine? I mean, I no, don't. No, it's I don't... just the way the virus spreads. So, I mean, if you think of uh, which of the two cities right now that are thought to have the worst, biggest problem, do you know? It's us uh, and, New and New Orleans. I think right now. And, well, New Orleans today, but previously San Francisco. Yeah, right? but San Francisco's flattening the curve because they shut the shit down. Well, because they have they have a real. I mean, because Gavin Newsom has been a week or two ahead of Andrew Cuomo, and because London Breed is much more on top of this. And I'm not a huge London Breed fan. That's the mayor of San Francisco, but she's been much more on top of this. And I tell well, you, what's our fucking problem? What's our fucking problem? But 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 but, but my point is is, is that, that that both what those two cities have in common are two things, right? One, they're the two best cities in the country, right? And two, they're the most densely populated cities in the country. So. We know that this virus is much easier to spread when there's a lot of people around. For sure. So, so that's why it spread so fast initially in these two cities. Now we're taking action and we're – San Francisco is flattening the curve, although they say it's not as far from a done deal. And New York hopefully will too. But if you live in a county that has a tenth the population density sure. of New York – Sure. I mean I get that. My friends in Tennessee, so, I mean you can stay in a right, house and drive in a car and you're much, you have right, much more the, control over who you come into contact with. And even when you go to the grocery store in San Francisco, like like in my mother's, you know, my mother lives in a diverse, ethnically diverse, in a San Francisco way. So it's heavily white and Asian because those are the two major groups that make up the middle class there. Okay. Um, uh, neighborhood. But when she goes to her grocery shopping, she either goes to the Whole Foods, you know, on um, on Masonic Street, which is pretty crowded, or to the fruit stands on Geary and Clement. Um, your San Francisco listeners will know what I'm talking about, okay. which are in um, kind of like the western – there's two China, several Chinatowns in San Francisco, but this is one of the western Chinatowns. And it's crowded, right? And you know you can't pick out your 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 whatever fruit you want to buy without being elbow to elbow with other shoppers. Uh, and other, yeah, it's and terrifying. But it's not like that in other parts of the country. I get, I totally understand that. So so in the Republican counties, this is an abstraction. And and the president's position. I mean, so somebody I know was thought, thought that she had the virus, and and this somebody has good health care, so she called the doctor. And the doctor, a lot of doctors don't want to see you. They want to do a video or whatever before they, because, right. you know, for a little, obvious A little reasons. telehealth. Go ahead. So the doctor said, tell me your symptoms. And she did. And the doctor said, you know, you probably have it. She said, can I have a test? And she said, he said, no, I can't get you one. Um, but but I Mick Mulvaney got two. But Mick fucking right, Mulvaney right, got right. two. But, but, but so then this person called me and, she, you know, we were, I, I'd heard the news. So I called her. Okay. I don't want to say her name. Yeah, you don't have I to. Called I mean, she's an older person. I mean, she's older than me. And I called her to see if she was all right and everything like that. And if I can, you can't even say, can I do anything? What can you do? You can't go see the person, right? But but she said. Well, I mean, you I can said, shop you know, for them and leave groceries at the door, or, like leave whatever they need right, at the door. Right, but doing that. She's okay. got that taken care of because um, she has kids. Okay. So, so, so she said, 
um, she said, she said, we really couldn't get a test. And I said, well, yeah, because New York voted for, for Clinton. Now, of course, this person also voted for Clinton. You know, my, my, this person I'm talking about. Right. And I said, because our state went for, and she lives here in Manhattan. I said, because our state went for Hillary Clinton. And, and she laughed, but, she, but knowingly, because in fact, it's true. I mean, it is literally true. And watch this, um, this, this, this bailout bill that's been passed. A lot of the money, the hospitals, it will go to purple states and red states before it comes to states with the biggest needs. And and that is the way Trump is using this. But that's the that's the natural outgrowth of the Electoral College as it's structured. Trump doesn't see himself as the president of the state of New York. Now, now because you're talking about a man with a very limited intellect, right? And, um, and a huge quotient for, for bullying and, and, and a huge right. quotient for, like, resentment and payback. Right. But what he doesn't understand is that is that the, the economy of this country, if New York and California have, have health problems, the economy falls apart, right? There's not a lot of international companies, billion-dollar companies out of, out of Kentucky and Alabama. And I know someone can call in and say, well, what about, you know, this and that? But let's, you know, come on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, this, the economy is driven largely by a handful of blue states, and New York and California are among them. So if, if Andrew Cuomo and Gavin Newsom and, and, and Baker and a handful of other governors don't take this seriously, the American economy will crash no matter what Donald Trump does. Um, so, so I'm not feeling, uh, and, and, and the last thing is that, so I, I went online yesterday, and I went to the Cornell University, University Law, Law Library, just because it was the first good one I could pull up, you know? Okay. What were you looking for? Crimes Against Humanity. Um, oh, and, and, and I tweeted this. <laughs> I found that the, according to the international treaties, on Rome Treaty, Treaty of Rome, which the U.S. which the U.S. is a signatory. This isn't some communist thing. This is, we are part of this treaty alliance on this issue because, um, and because proposing to kill people to help the economy is considered a crime against humanity. He should be crime. at the fucking Hague. That's right. People go to the Hague for this, and not just Donald Trump, but the people who are repeating this. Right now, we're not going to do these policies because the governors won't let him. But he, now you can't get tried for a crime against humanity if the crime doesn't happen, right? In other words, if if you participate in the genocide against the Jews in World War II, right, in the Holocaust, Correct. you are guilty of of well, that's actually genocide, which is which is a subset of crimes against humanity. Not all crimes against humanity are genocide, right? Right. But you could, if you were a, a someone who who mobilized people to commit these to kill the Jews. You could be tried for genocide. If you stand on a street corner today and yell, kill the Jews, you can't be tried for genocide. Meanwhile, just as, just just an aside, someone did send me a, a, a meme of, like, the fact that white supremacists are now intentionally trying to infect Jewish people. Well, let's, can we just hold on to that? Yes. There's another thought here that's very go ahead. important. But, but it just played into what you were saying, but go ahead. If, if, if this policy were implemented, all those people on Fox News would also be guilty of crimes against humanity. Because, they're yes. the propagandists. Because they're the propagandists. So he is proposing, we should be very clear here, that the United States government commit a crime against humanity and 40% of the people are so support that. What that means is that we live in a country where 40% of the people are, con- are comfortable committing crimes against humanity. Okay, just put a pin on that. Now, I want to go back to your to this issue about the Jews, so to speak. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so because, to speak. Go ahead. Um, so I, I heard that now, now I know enough about Christianity to understand the symbolism of Easter, right? Easter is, Good Friday through Easter is the most sacred day in the, in the Christian calendar, right? Um, it is when, you know, Jesus was killed on Good Friday and, and was resurrected on Sunday, right? Um, and, and for Christians, this is a, a festive day, but also a holy day. Correct. Right? And, and, and we want to be respectful of that, but we also want to be respectful that when leaders start talking about Easter miracles like they're the ones performing them, that is a a, a, a a conception of self that is both I mean, egotistical isn't the word, but there's no I mean megalomaniacal, but also is 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 like you know the first like this is not consistent with the Judeo Christian idea of God like not being a person, right? Like this is Donald Trump essentially asserting some kind of like I'm going to perform an Easter miracle, but but if he says go to church on Easter and people do, what's going to happen? They're going to get sick. They're going to get sick. Who doesn't go to church on Easter? Jews. Jews. And other people, but, but Jews. And other right? people. <laughs> I mean, Muslims don't go to church on Easter. That's right? correct. But Muslims are but, also going to have a problem with Ramadan, but that's a whole other discussion. Right, right, but Jews don't go to church on Easter. So everyone's going to go, they're going to get sick, and then they're going to look around and say, huh, who didn't get sick? Did somebody? And this is, this is the modern version of the blood libel. Oh right? my God. This is terrifying. This is and absolutely Trump terrifying. Isn't smart enough to know this, but the anti Semites are. And if you're listening to this and you're not Jewish, 
If you're Jewish, you listen to this, you see how the exact reaction Randy did, right? But if you're yeah. not Jewish and you're not an anti-Semite, you say, Lincoln, what are you talking about? And the answer is, you don't know because you're not, tw- you don't have a twisted mind, but the anti-Semites do. They know all this stuff, right? So this this can be, this, this is the blood libel, oh. right? You know, I mean, and, and this is, and, and it could be very, very bad for the Jews. I was talking to a very, very dear friend of mine who was Chinese-American and, and Jewish because her mother's Jewish. And she was like, you know, I'm, I feel very unsafe right now. She lives in a big city, so she's not been, been Oh, my God, because now she's got, now she's got both tags. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, this is, this is a very bad moment. Um, so, so I'm not feeling super... Super confident or super optimistic or super whatever. I stopped watching the news. I think at what point does the media... As someone who who has been on media, you've been on both. You're on all sides. You do go on to I'm Fox. Not on you all do sides. I've been on no. All media. You've been on all media. And uh, correct. Sorry. Thank you for correcting me. Uh, like when the big question that I've been having is when when does the media pull the plug and stop airing these mini Trump clan rallies? Well, more and more more and more stations are. More and more say we're not. And when does the reporter this. stand up and call bullshit? Literally use that word. Bullshit, take off my press pass, throw it on the podium, and walk out to a round of applause, and all the other reporters that don't have the balls to do it themselves, follow that one person, and that one person becomes a I mean, national goddamn I mean, fucking hero or I mean, heroine. I think what's happening is, is already, you know, Trump tweeted today, we have to take social distancing very seriously. So, so I'm only letting so OAN into the press briefing. But remember, but, but the kind of the lunacy of Trump doesn't go away. But but what he's done in the last few days, if implemented, would move him, put him in line as one of you know the mass murderers of all time. And he hasn't done it yet, so we can't say that yet. But it would if he did it. So I suspect there are still some people around him who are like, well, he's the president. We got to try to talk some sense to him. But but anyone who's gone so far down this road of being complicit in concealing the extent of his mental incapacity, his mental instability, you know. The blood's not on your hands, too, if you did that. But we see that. Like, I, I no, they, either they see it and they don't give a fuck, or they see it and they're just like, oh, well, whatever. Well, people in the media live in fear of having their press pass taken away, of not having the access. To which I would say, there's going to be the nothing access? to cover if we all fucking die. And what's the access for? What's the access for if you don't use it right now? I mean, this is a moment where statements I, I, need to I be still, made. I still believe that that this might. I mean, I still believe that it's, there's, a, there's a decent chance that two months from now we're saying, "Wow, that was strange. The virus is still around, but we seem to have have, have crushed the curve quite a bit." And Trump is taking credit for the policies of Democratic governors around the country, and we're back to this kind of neck and neck Trump Biden election, which nobody really cares about anymore. Right. <laughs> for now, but 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 there's also a scenario where we're much much worse off than that, and and you know. When, when, I'm kind of rambling here, but when- No, when you're the, not, because it's hard not to go Senate, down that rabbit hole. When the Senate acquitted Trump, we talked about this, my view was that they were giving him the kind of green light to do whatever he wanted. And he's used that green light right now. And the failure of every, any member of the Senate to, to say, I mean, you know, okay, we played the games with you, but now you're talking about killing Americans and we have to stop this. You cannot be president anymore. I mean, we have to do something. Yeah, no one has done that. No one has said that. And that tells you there have been- there's, there's this, this whole coronavirus episode, you know, since, I don't know, let's say since February 1st, but maybe since later than that, February 15th or so, has tested the sinews of the Trump cult, right? And what we have seen is that the Trump cult <sighs> is indeed very strong and that it's morphing into a death cult. And, you know, two years morphing, ago... Morphing? So, I think it is already a death cult. Well, two years ago, I wrote this piece about Jim Jones and, and the Trump cult. And I said, you know, but Trump hopefully won't commit have his members commit suicide on that scale because there's so many of them that would be, you know, an absolute horror. But slowly, that's what we're seeing, right? I mean, I mean, those people who are saying, I'm willing to die for the economy, I mean, when I heard that, I was reminded of being back in middle school. And, you know, I, I, um, I come to my progressive politics, honestly, I inherited them. You know, I got them the old-fashioned way. (laughs) I grew up in a family where everyone had these politics. And I went to a school where that was not the case. And, um, and I remember, like, being in middle school, and we would have, you know, like, social studies classes. I mean, some discussion about something, and I would, and I was a well-informed person back then. I grew up in a family where my grandparents were very talked about politics a lot. My mother had very strong opinions about, you know, politics at the time. And um, and and I would be making a point, you know, in class, and one of the like bully 
they wouldn't bully me, but they bullied other kids, kind of the bullyish, jockish, not very smart kids. I don't mean to make stereotypes. Yeah, a lot that's of okay. Smart, it's okay. But these guys, I mean, I was on the baseball team, you know, whatever. But, you know, better. <laughs> like, it's okay. You, ha- you can play the card, Lincoln. It's okay. But, but, but they would say really dumb arguments. And I remember even then just being like, that's just a stupid thing to say. Um, and, and I feel like that's, that's where the Republicans, that, that's what I hear when they say, well, we've got to save the economy. People don't, what is the economy, right? The economy isn't a person. It's not like you're going to say we have to save the uh, 20,000 people who are in danger of, you know, uh, burning in a forest fire or something, right? Right. The economy is a, is a almost infinite, huge number of interactions between people and between people and entities, right? Right. That 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 is that kind of captures much of the behaviors of, of a, in this case, a very large country. So all the the economy is no stronger than its component parts. And at the end of the day, its component parts are people, right? The stock market is a proxy for the confidence of the richest ten percent of Americans. Okay, that's interesting. But he thinks it's a beautiful building, and he wants to save it. Right, but it's not the economy. So when you say when people could die to save the economy, no. If people are dying, that's that is that is a sign that the economy is failing. And by the way, if two percent of the people die or one percent of the people die in a very quick period of time, we're talking about that is has a massive impact on the economy. For sure. Remember that in World War II, at a time when our population was about 110, 120 million. I don't want to say only because that's not a fair thing to say to honor people's memories, but about five hundred thousand people died in the soldiers and you know people like that. Okay. Who in, in the war effort fighting in the war? That's a lot of people. You know, that's that's roughly one million parents who lost a child. Right? Yeah. That could be as many as I don't know one and a half million, one million siblings who lost a sibling. Right. That's how many uncles, how many aunts, how many you know teammates, classmates, workmates, whatever. Right, it's a lot of people. Right, to put this in perspective, I've done a lot, a lot of work in the former in Georgia, which used to be part of the Soviet Union. Georgia has at that has about as many people as Brooklyn and Queens combined, and they lost half a million people. So everyone there lost everybody, every family there lost somebody. Right, to double that, right, or to quadruple that, right. In a country, there's only triple the population. So if you triple that, triple that, like that tears apart the economy. And some of these people, when people say, well, we're going to sacrifice, I mean, I'm, it's worth noting that people in their 70s are not, you know, centenarians, or whatever you call it, centenarians who can't function. Right, or people don't work, or still don't work. Right, are deeply part of the economy. They are the tenured professors who carry the wisdom of our culture. They are making important discoveries in the sciences. They are writing important books. They are leading important institutions. They are running major companies. They also put they money are, back into the economy. They they, they, they are, participate. They are going to restaurants. They are taking vacations. They are they are there are plenty of people in their seventies. They take who vacations. Are, who are actively taking a role in raising what is the younger generation now because they are grandparents. Some of them are primary child caregivers. Many of them are secondary child caregivers. It's unbelievable. Right? They are, and 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 they are, and, and and of course they are consumers, right? And and also like, go talk to a seventy-year-old. I mean, if you haven't, I talk to people in the seventies literally every day. Um, if no one else, just my mom, but often right. my uncle, my aunt, my friends, when they're at that age. And and these are people. These are not like like way to kill them. Like this is it's you know, it, which which is why I think it's fair to say when Cuomo made the point, and it's the point that I tried to make. Like, are you willing to sacrifice your grandmother, your grandfather, your aunt, your uncle for a you, fucking cup of coffee? I don't think you want to use said the word sacrifice because sacrifice implies that it's worth it, and that and oh, that it's fine. a cause that you would explore. I want to. I think we should be more. That's a good point, more, actually. More clear and say kill, kill. Yeah, are you willing to kill them? That's terrible. That's that that is that not, makes me want to vomit. And not, and not to save the economy because it won't, because it will have a devastating kind of economy. Are you willing to kill them to keep Donald Trump in a good mood? That's the question to ask. My God, um, that should be on a fucking billboard. That what you just said right there. You need to like tweet to Joe Biden, or you and and that needs to get like on a billboard. Like, are you willing to kill them? Right. That's the way. That's the way to see about it. It's not. Are you willing to sacrifice them? Oh. And and you know, to oh. me, the answer is no. And if the answer to you is yes, then you're 
complicit in crimes against humanity. You're also fucking warped as fuck. You are warped. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no defense of that. There's no defense, and I don't know how. I, I don't know then how you put your head on a pillow or wake up in the morning and look yourself in the mirror. I don't know how. Which is why I have a problem. Just which is why I still walk by these places that are still open, and I'm like, what the fuck don't you get? You were you were you're willing to kill someone. Now that it's not a sacrifice, fine. You're willing to kill someone for a fucking hamburger. You're willing to kill someone for a fucking Dunkin' Donut. You're willing to kill someone for a fucking cup of coffee. By the way, you're not even in the fucking store. You're putting your employees there. So if you yeah, have the balls to stay open, put your own fucking ass behind the counter. Man I mean, the fuck up. This social distancing is so Easy? counterintuitive. It's brainless. Stay the fuck home. Stay the fuck away but from it's, people. But it's counterintuitive, right? We're told, you know, I mean, even last Friday as I was kind of getting ready to hopefully get on Twitter for the day, you know, Cory Booker, who's one of the smarter people out there, right? Yeah. Tweeted, you know, it's time for America to be heroic. We're tough. We can... But, but if you don't add stay home, because what you think is going out there is heroic. You know what's heroic? Running out of the kind of thing you want to put on your pasta and just eating your pasta with olive oil tonight, if it comes to that. Right. If, if you're fortunate enough to have a, a, a house and shelter. A fucking men to that. And, and, and there's nothing – I mean I've seen people posting on social media things like these – look how – you know, these people are trying to – like things they're doing outside in – just don't do it, you know? I mean, I, one of my good friends is a smart guy. Said I went for a walk. And he lives on the west side. I went for a walk in you know the Riverside Park where the bike path is, and you know and that was he's, this guy's an athlete. He's in good shape. He said I coughed at one point, and somebody gave me the nastiest look. I was like, look, why are you going out? Like, just don't do it. You, That's the hard part. Right. That's the hard part. Not. I mean, you know, like like I saw you the other morning, but I I, I don't want to go up there unless it's very early in the morning. I, I didn't. I was done with my run and my workout by six o'clock. I don't run in the park anymore because I just can't – it just gets me crazy. I you know. know it it builds the play. rage. I know. My kids wanted to go play catch. And, you know, when they play catch, they still distance from, you know, at least 100 feet or so. So they're not going to – they, of course, have given it to each other already if they have it. But I was like, just stay it's, it, I, I agree and, with you. It, that's the hardest part is to just sit on your hands. It's not – look, it's not like you're sitting in a, in a room with four walls and nothing to do. Right. Let's right. just be clear about the privilege that we have – to sit at home. Like, this is right. also what gets me crazy. Like, watch a movie. You complain you don't have time to Netflix and chill. Write something. Read something. Draw right. something. Paint something. Right. Clean right. your apartment. Vacuum. Oh, go adopt a dog. Go adopt a cat. Go, you know, borrow something. I heard that New York shelters have run out of dogs. Well, thank God, because they were, I, I mean, I applied to, to foster a cat. The ACC was desperately looking for people. And it's, look, it's, it, it's the... If there ever was a time, I mean, they can hold adoption events. They can't take in any new animals. I mean, it's just do something. I just think what gets me crazy is that people are like, I can't, I go crazy if I'm staying home. I, it's hard. It's hard to sit there. You, you forget what day it is. You forget what time it is. I can't tell you how many, how many cups of coffee I've already had because what do you do? You get up, you have a cup of coffee. You sit down, you, you watch something. You get up, you have another cup of coffee. You, you have to break your day up and hopefully you have things to do if you're working from home. I unfortunately don't have a job, so I'm left to like pass the time. Well, I will say that my consulting work has dried up quite a bit, <laughs> so so I'm not exactly that busy here. But I'm, you know, but I agree. I'm but you find a way to stay the fuck in the house. You go out for yeah. only the bare necessities. You walk your dog. Thank I say thank God I have the roof. But you, the fact that I have to tell somebody that I had to tell somebody, please don't go see your boyfriend in the Bronx. And she was like, No, I'm taking an Uber. No, you're not taking a fucking Uber. But also, remember, there are people who have to work, right? And a lot more than you would think. And I, and I consider like, like the delivery people; those aren't robots; those are real people. Correct. Right? The, uh, the the so I, that you I, can stay I, in your house and order food from the comfort of your fucking home. But 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 try not to, because that delivery person—you don't want that person getting sick, and you don't want that person spreading sickness. Not well, they are asking you to you. deliver to use delivery service more than going to the supermarket. They okay, would like but, you to use a delivery service if you could, just because it does limit. The direct contact, the direct potential contact. Right. But if you go to the supermarket once a week, right? A look. You mean like the delivery service for Fresh Direct, you mean? Or do you mean like yes. your restaurant? No, Fresh Direct. Oh, yeah, Fresh Direct. I'm done with the like, restaurants. Dude, you're listen. Right. But I'm talking, people are delivering from the restaurants no. all the time. Listen, and shut that shit are, down all right, the know, fucking way. 
But also, like, like, remember that everyone who has to work, right? Like, I saw the, the FedEx truck on the on the block, right? And I was thinking to myself, because I'm going to run out of books, uh, but I could order, you know, from a bookstore. But I'm thinking, I'm just going to download it to my iPad, because, like, you, you can't strain the system right now. If you live in a state like New York or California, where right. it's really getting hit hard by this, you can't strain the system. Anything that goes wrong is taking attention away from where the resources need to be. Correct. I mean, I was talking to a friend who said, I want to drive out to you know somewhere and go on a hike. And I was like, you can't do that. Because if you're driving and getting a fender bender, right? God forbid, but yeah. Go uh, ahead. I'm not talking about a real accident, but just a fender bender, right? You're now pulling away people, time, that, that, that should be saving lives in this crisis. Right. And and so, so you know, it's not going to be forever. It really isn't, you know? Um, it could be worse on the other side. I mean, I, we can on our next podcast we can talk about life after the the, the, the pandemic. But well, you have now, to get to, we have to get to that side, no? Well, well, we can look at think what it might look like. We're not there yet. Okay. But but but, but my point is, this isn't going to be forever. You know, with with if we do this right, a year from now we'll look back, and for the rest of our lives we'll look back and we'll say, wow, wasn't March and April of 2020 weird? You know, I'd say and, horrendous. And we'll say, oh, yeah, that was crazy. We'll talk about it, right? And we'll tell younger people about it as time goes by, right? And everyone will have their memories of it. But do the right thing. I mean, I mean, not to put too fine a point on it, but, you know. We no, all, put I a mean, point on it. Well, well like, like, like we all read stories of Jews who, who spent six months in a hole on the ground in Poland somewhere to survive the Holocaust, right? Right. I mean, and, and you can think of other ethnic groups, too, who, who went through a lot of I can of also provide the names of those books because I've read some of them, of people that have literally – that literally lived in solitary yeah. confinement and were petrified to move or make a sound. Right, right. I mean, The Diary of Anne Frank, which is, of course, a very well-known book, you know, there were people who were in a lot tougher, more limited space than those families who eventually got caught, of course. Um, I'm sorry if you read it. That's how it – Yeah, no, no. The Holocaust, the Jews get killed. Um, but, you know – that's Oy. like people have gone through more, you know, if you are fortunate to have even even a studio apartment. And, and I know that it's lonely. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not lonely. I've got plenty of people, here, you know, to drive but, you crazy. But, go. <laughs> but I got like my friend, my dear friend, Joseph, he texts. He's got a dog, too. He lives two blocks away. He texts when he's walking his dog and he comes to the foot of my stoop, which is about 10 feet from my door. And I stand at the door and he stands at the foot of the stoop. And that's that's my social life outside of my immediate family. Yeah, you know, I have but, FaceTime. But, I mean, look, right, it's, but everyone it's else, tough. I, my mother says my mother doesn't leave her house in San Francisco now, right? She said her a, a friend dropped some sausages off for her, but you know we <laughs> FaceTime. She FaceTimes with me, with her sister, with her friends. You know, her grandkids. You know, that's that's what people are doing. You know, and 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 I think the other thing I would say is that like start those group texts and group emails, whatever your your preferred medium is. Like I have with my two sisters and my uncle on my father's side. You know, we have a group text. We kind of check in with each other every day, and then yeah. I have. Much of my old friends from San Francisco because I want to know what's going on there. You they need to stay connected here. to people. We're right. human fucking beings, for fuck's right. sake. Right, and, and to say don't have, but 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 I heard someone to say, to say today that they should be calling it physical distancing, not social. Yes, distancing. physical distancing. Yes, you you should be. We have to use the te- the for- technology we're fortunate to have right now to embed ourselves in close social worlds and ties. Otherwise, we won't survive. Otherwise, part of our humanity dies. But we just can't go out and and, and we just have to stay home. And, and that's the heroic thing. And New Yorkers have been through a lot of shit. I mean, you were here. Uh, you know, I, I heard those buildings crash on September 11th. Yeah. I heard the planes hit them. I survived I saw that. It all. I survived yeah. this. You know, this is harder. There's but let me matter. tell you, and, and, and not this. for nothing, we're going to be dealing with We're going to be dealing with a lot of, like, PTSD, and there's going to be a lot of trauma. After this, oh, there's going to be a lot of emotional baggage that comes with this. And I can tell you already, because you have, I have it for, fu- for, for sure after 9-11. I still have. Yeah. I still am obsessed with see something, say something. I still have compulsive issues that I deal with when I ride the train. I still. It's one of the reasons I have a service dog because you have these problems that challenges. I don't want to call them problems that you will continue to deal with for the rest of your fucking life. And the, that is why it is so important to have connections and to keep your. You have to feed your soul. Like you need to feed your feelings, and all, you also need to feel your feelings. And I, you have to ride that roller coaster. I think. And the and the goal is not to get go down too far down the rabbit hole of gloom and doom. Yeah, and and it will take people a while to get back to normal. Is there ever going to, but is there, that's it, is, do you think, I mean, I had this conversation with somebody else and I think this may go to your point of coming out on the other side, which we could talk about later so we don't have to go too deep into it, but what, what is the new, the new normal going to be? I don't think we're ever is going to be a normal. 
like there was before. No, no, the world has the world has changed, you know, um, and the world has changed. But even something like like let's say that that you know, okay, let's leave Donald Trump aside because he's a moron. But but let's say that 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 you know the state and local authorities here in New York or in San Francisco say it's okay, you know, if you're healthy, it's okay to go out. It's back to normal. Are you just going to rush out to like I can tell you ten restaurants I want to go eat at right now, you know? Um, and I can tell you, you know, the, the, the hundreds of things that I miss about just being able to have a normal life. But I'm not going to just go. I mean, I don't want to name business things, but like I would love to go to Amrita, right? With right. And do this over, you know, a vegan hot chocolate. But but I just don't know when I'll feel comfortable doing that. Uh, and and everyone and imagine that's you, one person. Now right, that is times everyone in America. In the world, in the world. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, Modi, who is a, 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 a kind of a Trumpian, although smarter, but so is everybody figure in India, has shut down the entire country. Which, and again, I will country. stress that I think we need to do here. I think we need the National right. Guard on the street because some people still refuse to understand how the concept works of you go out if you need medical assistance, the pharmacy or, or the supermarket. And that is fucking it. You can go for – look, sure. England has one – you're out, allowed one time out for physical activity. One fucking time, and that's it. So you better choose carefully when right. you can well, go out. Joseph, my friend Joseph was Italian-American. I was talking to a friend over there who's Italian you know, in Italy. And, and she said – this woman who's Italian – that one of their neighbors, like the cop, stopped him and said, "I think you've walked that dog enough today. How many dogs walks does that dog need?" Yeah, you know. So, so I mean, it's not that. I mean, I understand, it. and and I and I like if you're stuck. And I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine who's an, an Im- she's an immigrant, but she, she's not a citizen. But she's she's she may I think she's probably go home eventually. But she's working here at a good job, and she said, "Now I have to work at home." And she said, "I I, don't, I have a tiny little one bedroom on the sixth floor it's in Washington. I don't have a comfortable chair to sit on, but I got to do this, you know." Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was talking to my other, I mean, it's also funny. And you like, put on like, your big person pants and you right, fucking right. do it. Like, I, it's. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, if, if you really have nothing, just kind of veg out in front of the, the Netflix all day, like, that's so what? Like, you know, and most people, I mean, I talked to another friend. He's like, yeah, I thought I, you know, he's, he's social distancing. He's, he's doing this in California. And he said, you know, hey, I, I did all these projects to do. I'm still working because he's a teacher and the whole school schedule has been up, up over just kind of in turmoil now because of this. And he's saying, yeah, I'm kind of preparing my lessons. I got to switch everything online. People, many people are legitimately, you know, doing this and busy, but it's still just the kind of. Your routine has changed. It's uncomfortable. People yeah. are routinized creatures. No matter how much you want to say, I live by the seat of my pants. You have a routine. And when that yeah, routine gets fucked up and thrown out of whack, it's, it's uncomfortable. And the stakes are extremely high. Yeah, this is life and death. I get it. But they're high in a way that you like. Like I, I went out not yesterday. Today's what day? Say Thursday. Yeah. So, <laughs> so on today's the twenty sixth of March. I went out on, the, on St. Patrick's Day. It just happened to be on seventeenth of March. The grocery store. It's the last time I've been out really out of the house other than to the park, right? And and I think on Friday I had to go to the bodega. But but I went to the to fairway, and and, and it was very stressful. I mean, it was really. You could see there was the first time people were concerned, right? And, you know, the guy stacked the toilet paper. As soon as he put, you know, he had a big crate, like a huge crate, just putting it on the rack. And the people were just taking it as he was putting it on. And, you know, there were like the frozen fruits and vegetables were gone, for example, right? Mm-hmm. But generally you could get what you wanted. And I got home and I kind of, you know, took the groceries in. I told my kids, you got to put this stuff away. And then I went um, and I washed my hands and I put the car away. Then I go wash my hands and wash my gloves and wash my hands again. And then I kind of came upstairs and started. It felt like I had been through. It's exhausting. You know, it's exhausting. But but the thing is, when you actually break it down, you weren't dodging bullets. You were, in some sense, if you want to be metaphorical, dodging you know uh, invisible bullets. But I don't okay. think that's a great metaphor. You know, so not when people are still dodging real life bullets right, in, right. In, in other and, and, and then and then the other point I would make is that today is opening day of the baseball season. Right. Which Except is not happening. Baseball. Right. Right. Right, but I mean, if you know, just you know, for for many of us, this this more than say Passover or something like that is the ritual beginning of spring, the end of winter, today's opening day, and you know what, we'll have to live without it. I'm also sick and tired of just to make a point, and I don't, I know you hate when I digress, and and you think we're done. I have a really hard time watching all a lot of these athletes, not all, but these, you know, the fact that they're still negotiating, like. Chip Gering over like three million dollars in their salary, or yeah, it's a, it's, it's I can't watch problem. sports. I can't it's, it's watch sports real, the same it's way. Really tone deaf right now. 
really tone deaf. Yeah, and thank you for saying that because I thought I was losing my mind because I am obsessed, as you know, with Sports Center, and I love sports, and sports is a huge part of my life. But I really have a problem when you are getting paid fifty million fucking dollars guaranteed in your contract just for signing your name on a piece of paper. And don't get me wrong, I understand what it takes to get there, and I know what it means to be, you know, to play on a professional level or a collegiate level or to sign a scholarship. Wait, wait, or- can, can you hold on a second because my my sons are having a, a shouting match over who's going to walk the dog. Hold on a second, all right? This really, hold on. I'm going to keep talking. So, okay, right, where, where are you going? Bring the phone with you, and we can participate. No, I'm just going to tell them to not. Okay, they're not yelling anymore. I just want to yeah. tell them to not yell so loud. Uh, we can't hear anything, and it's okay. It's life. It happens. I mean, shit. Life doesn't stop because we're podcasting. Right. And we use profanities on this anyway. So yeah, I mean, who gives a shit? I'm just saying, like, just sign the fucking contract or don't sign the contract while like everybody's everybody right. else's and life and has been turned you're upside down. Thirty million dollars a year this year, and you're only going to make five. It's okay. Like these, these none of these sports—baseball, football, basketball—any of them are so entrenched in American culture anymore that they can't collapse. And I just Steve Ballmer, like in the midst of all of this, had four hundred million dollars cash to buy the forum. Right. And I'm not telling anybody how to spend their money because please, I'm not going down that road. Like I'm not saying every athlete has to donate or do something or that owns something has to but change they could something. They're doing more. They, they agreed. More. I agree, but I don't think that those are the things you need to be putting on TV. Are you know the debates? And I understand you have to have a television show, and I understand that you need content, and I understand that you know this is what you talk about on the daily when things were not like this. But when it comes down to should somebody sit a season out because they don't want to sign a contract because they're going to make $3 million less than the $50 million guaranteed plus right, the $112 right. million with a gazillion dollars in incentives and then you have all of your ad you know, contracts and agreements with Gatorade and Nike and Puma and everything else and Under Armour and all these things that make you $100 gazillion million. Like, maybe, and just maybe shut the fuck up. Like Maybe do it, but just shut up for like five yeah. minutes. Yeah. It's still going to happen. We still know you make a shit ton of money. We still right. understand. We all want to watch sports. We all need to get our mind off this shit. But our institutions need to come together and reckon, you know, major institutions. But the problem is the mess from the White House is something very different, which is screw everybody else, make as much money as you can. And and it is, it is you know— I think somebody posted something that said the world doesn't need any more billionaires. The second you make $999 million, every cent you make after that— should go to some type of social programming. Schools. Well, you know, Bernie Sanders said. Bernie Sanders said, and he's right. Every billionaire is a policy failure. And frankly, I agree with. Him. I didn't hear that, but I, I, I yeah. would have to agree with that. Yeah. I mean, it's just at some point, it's just enough is enough, and too much is too much, and you can't take it with you. And the, and I felt like that since forever. And if anybody wants to come at me for saying all that shit, you can. You, you could have. We could have conversations because ever since football contracts like soccer, like Ronaldo was signing twenty seven gazillion dollar contracts and giving away islands to his friends when they get married it's like it's it's too fucking much yeah yeah and, and, and flint flint michigan doesn't have clean water i mean let's uh, let's this, talk about if this, things if this recession really kicks into high gear you know really gets bad all of that when does it become a gr- when does it become a depression lincoln can you just like before no, we I mean, go that's, that's, that's subjective that's what, oh is when, it when okay it is. yeah yeah so, all right. So I don't know about any of that. I don't own one stock. I don't have any money. I don't, like, understand. I mean, I get how the economy basically works. Like, people pay for shit, and it keeps right. things moving. But on a granular level, I just – I can't process that shit. But a lot of it is improcessable because it's all of, it's all a construct. I want to go live in the Matrix. I want to take the blue pill. Yes, whatever that means, but yeah. All right. So, okay. So, listen. Keep doing your Mitchell Minutes. People love them. All my friends keep reposting them on the Instagram. Franklin um, and and Bayblock, the dude down in Atlantic City who posts the amazing pictures of his bike rides on the boardwalk and the sunrises and the sunsets and the ocean. They dig you. And um, I just want to say thanks for taking the time. I miss walking the dog with you. I understand and feel the same way. And I will be yes. up there tomorrow at 5 or 5.30 before anybody else comes out. And uh, I will be avoiding certain people for certain reasons that we all know. And I'll be uh, everybody. I'll be I know. Everybody <laughs> all right, good. Uh, let's land on a laughy note and let's try to – let's just do what we can and stay the fuck yep. home. And, and yep. Be a hero, stay the fuck home. That's my motto. All right, we're done. We're going to end on that note. Do what Lincoln okay. says. All right, Lincoln, I'll talk to you later. Be safe. All right, right on. All right, bye. 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 
All right, so just a reminder, you can find Lincoln on the Instagram at Lincoln A. Mitchell. You could find Lincoln on the Twitter at Lincoln Mitchell. You could find Lincoln's website at LincolnMitchell.com. So there's plenty of ways that you can find Lincoln. You can watch his Mitchell Minute. You could read his books. You can order his books. You can go to his website. You could read his website. You could interact with him on Twitter. You could tweet at him. You could tweet with him. Um... You can kick it with Lincoln because clearly we're around. You can find me on the Instagram at Doodleheads where I'll be doing the nightly uh, coronavirus DJ jam live on the gram, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I think I'm suspended now on Twitter because I told some GOP piece of shit to fuck all the way off. I think it was actually Rudy Giuliani and Candace Owens, and clearly they don't like it. So somebody like threw me in uh, back in Twitmo. I have limited access to Twitter, which is totally fine. But when I'm back on the tweet verse, you can find me at Small Pencil Club. Um, you know, maybe they want to shut down all the anti-Semitic, uh, we're going to give Jews the coronavirus propaganda before they throw someone like me in jail for telling Rudy Giuliani that he could fuck all the way off for, you know, thinking that the number of people that die uh, from this coronavirus is irrelevant. And I'm not, okay, here I go again. So I'm going to stop. I'm going to say, find me where you can find me and let me know what you think. Subscribe to the podcast. Go find Franklin at uh, F-R-A-N-Q-L-1-N. Uh She'll, she she comes from the West. She's on the West Coast, so she gives us her West Coast vibe and perspective on all that. Um, and and just, just fucking stay home. It's not complicated. I am not a rocket scientist. I'm not a medical doctor. Just like Lincoln said, do your part. Stay the fuck home. And I mean smartly. Don't come at me with you go out in the morning and you're running in the park and all that bullshit because I do it at the crack of dawn when there is no one there. Zero people. I was completely alone today at 5.30 in the morning, and, and that's how it goes. And then I came home, and this is where I have been, and this is where I will be until tomorrow morning when I go back to the park at 5.30 in the morning to get my run in and my little bitty workout in, and then I will come home and ride the bike, and you can join me on that because I do that live just to have company. You could pop in 7, 8 a.m. You know where? Find me on the gram, but just do your part, man. It's not hard. It's not hard, and you can actually save someone's life by doing it. You could save a doctor, you could save a lawyer, you could save a nurse, you could save a janitor, you could save a UPS guy, you could save a grocery store worker, you could save somebody's mom, dad, sister, brother, uncle, cousin, nephew, niece. Just save a human being for fuck's sake. All right, that's it. I'm done. Stay home. Subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends. Put this in your ear holes. Be a good human being. Until the next time, peace and hair grease. (laughs) 